Geek Shock. Geek Shock. Geek Shock. Ladies and gentlemen, please rise for the Republic of Lewis National Anthem. It's brought to you by the Oh My God, They're Going to Nuke Us National Singers. Gentlemen. What did I do? I haven't got to play yet. What the hell did I do? I'm just trying to survive. I'm just trying to be nice. I didn't do anything. Isn't it great making change out of millions of people? I didn't do anything to her. She's just me. No one likes my country. Now it's three on one. Just spin and kill me. So one of these two can win. It'll be over soon. I am dead. We're all full of steak, so that's probably why we're uh, a little sluggish. Wow, just rub that in. Like a wet sponge? We offered, man. No, I, I just... I we even do- kept the spot okay. open for you. I appreciate that. I But I, I had to see Ready Player One. Aha! And then, when I got home for like an hour, I fucking got caught up in that silly little Facebook thread. And... Did what silly little Facebook? <laughs> Did you miss threat? that? I, I gave him, I gave him a little bit of it, but I told him to ask you I'm, on the show. I'm, uh, I'm ignoring what Jeff's saying, and for the fact <laughs> sake for our listeners, what silly little Facebook thread? But before we begin, welcome to Geek Shock number four thirty four. I am Master Torgo, eighties Jeff, Commander K, Maple Leaf Matt, and we're talking weekend geek and this Facebook thread. Uh, all right, so Kit, the cat, Kit Cat, likes to go out. And he, it's weird. He's slowly making friends with all the neighborhood cats. Ah. They, they come over all the time now. They're, they're, Play date at Kirsten's. The, the long-haired <laughs> black cat that I call Mau Mau is, is visits the, uh, the black and white that uh, Andy, I think Andy uh, named Tuxedo Cat. Might have been Vernon. I don't know. I, as Matt will tell you, I can't keep my friends straight anymore. Um, Literally? Yeah, literally. Okay. Oh well, that's part of the thread. So, but there's this there's this gorgeous tortoise shell, a short haired tortoise shell, and it's really funny because I'll be working in the TV room, and the way Kit walks by and sits by the door, I can tell there's a cat in the yard because he's not completely sure yet. He's making friends, but he's not completely there yet. And the tortoise shell is a big cat oh this cat is big and so huge uh, i hope you cat is huge. huge 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 biggest cat ever good good cat good people you know yeah. and so i open the door and i let in kit and i peek around and there's a tortoise shell on the wall and i'm like oh wow i gotta get your picture hold on and i go and i get my phone i come back of course the cat's gone but i see my neighbor on the other side of the wall. And then I see my neighbor pick up the tortoiseshell and scratch it. And I walk over there and I, hello. And she's like, hello. I was like, is my cat, uh, does my cat bother you? 
because uh, I know I know that Kit is going into her yard because he he disappears for hours at a time and she's like oh no they actually they're good friends he comes over they lounge by the pool and everything and i'm like okay good she your cat comes over here and oh yeah she ordinarily doesn't like cats but she likes yours and i'm like she uh kit's not fixed yet i haven't gotten that done yet oh Maisie's fixed now right there tangential geek connection kit and Maisie. Can you fucking believe that? You lost me. Kit Harrington on Game oh, of okay. Thrones. Yeah. Maisie Williams. Williams yeah. On oh, and I was wow. just like, that's actually, that's actually painfully geeky. <laughs> but anyway, she's yeah, like, yeah, Maisie's fixed. So, but, you know, so she's talking. And I'm like, oh, you guys are renting here? And she's like, yeah, we moved in in September. And I'm like, well, that's cool. I've been here forever. That house has been rented a lot. I hope you guys get to stay for a while. And she's like, we hope so, too. I met your partner. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh, Andy. Yeah, he and I have been good friends for decades and uh, he needed a place to stay a couple months ago so he and his son are renting rooms and she's like oh and then she kind of looks away i don't know if she was uncomfortable or she was confused or what but it was it was actually funny but we talked for a few more minutes and then said our goodbyes so i went inside and i posted on facebook andy we've been officially branded the neighbor uh, I talked to the neighbor for the first time, and she said, I met your partner. And that started this big thread that eventually turned into a sitcom spec. Oh. Where Andy and I are hetero roommates, and it's like five to seven seasons of sitcom television where people keep assuming we're gay, and we're like, no. No, no, you don't no, understand. You can, the, you can call it the Jeff and Todd show. You know, yeah, well, it's funny because Jeff actually texted me that. He's, 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 he mentioned that. But we, were, we started naming it, you know. Uh, my first name was the title of the show would be not that there's anything wrong with that. You know, then, then we, That's then, a good title. Then we got another alternate one, uh, Purely Platonic. Oh, that's you good know? too. So, and and it, everybody started chiming in, and it, it was actually fun. We like the oddest couple. Yeah, that, that, that was our contribution <laughs> to the year. <laughs> that I like. Yeah, that's a good one. So, so that just and that just went on for like an hour, and I'm just sitting there laughing, and 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 then I look at the uh, clock, and I'm like. How much you bet those bastards are going to want to do the podcast earlier tonight, and they're going to do dinner too? And sure enough, big bet, big you know, bet. Yeah. So I was just like, "Well, fuck, I can't do it because I logged on at four. So I logged off and left with Kit giving me hell because he wanted to go outside. But now I understand why, because because the the tortoise shell is fixed. I'll bet you anything, the long haired black cat is a female and i think and just just today i saw a tuxedo cat right and once again i see kit right by the door and the way he's acting i know there's a cat in the yard so i go and peek around tuxedo cat is a foot and a half away rolling and squirming on ah. the ground being all cutesy catty <laughs> and i was yeah. just like Seductive oh cat. so i think they're all females and i think those fucking sluts are trying to lure my boy <laughs> Into a life of hey, quit cat shaming. Yeah. 
Now, this is your cat, Kay. You're going to come home, and they're going to be playing the Red Wall RPG. Yeah, really. So That's true. That's sitting, true. Sitting around the table. Meow, meow, meow. Yeah. <laughs> 20, fuck. Meow, yeah. meow, meow. Red Wall. The, uh, what, what is it? Mouse Guard. Mouse Guard. Mouse Guard. That's the RPG where you, you play your, your actual animals. Yep. So, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. But, he, oh, and now I understand. Because I'm, I'm wondering what the dynamic is. He's an unfixed male. They're spayed females. So, I'm wondering. They, they obviously like him. Because even the tuxedo cat was getting all playful, which is tuxedo cat is antisocial. When the cat saw me standing in the window watching, she got up and walked away like, eh, fuck, I'm out. And just, you know, <laughs> so, she, you know, she and I don't get along. But uh, the long haired, you know, the long haired, well, you saw, walked in my house. Yeah, yeah, right in the middle of game night. Yeah, right. Yeah, just, just, just casually strolled right on in. I like this Nano 210 that we get every week of, of the cat adventure. This is Commander it, K. This is just fucking weird, you know? And it was like a month ago, and I'm just like, oh, poor cat. This really sucks. It's so cold out. That's um, how it starts. You let them in the door, and they, yeah. they no, worm, no. Your way into, worm their way into your heart. Cats, yeah. Jeff. We're not talking about girls. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> but uh, I stand by my statement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know... It's still, and it's really funny because people are like, oh, oh, it looks like you got more than one cat. And it's like, dude, I'm still dreading the day I have to spend money on kit because it's going to be tough for a little bit. I'll eventually get there. Things are starting to get better. But right now, I sweat. It's like he coughs up a hairball, and I'm like, what, what, what the fuck was that? What was that? Oh, it's a hairball. Then I'm pissed it's a hairball because always on the carpet, always on the fucking carpet. Yeah, God damn it. That's right, the rules. Right where you walk, too. Oh, like not Jesus. in the corner. Right here. Look, look. <laughs> look what I have given unto you. And Jesus, is he violent? He, like, goes into super convulsions, oh, and his yeah. head is just like, uh, 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 and, and Jesus. That's terrifying and sometimes. Then, and then this little tiny, it comes out. Like, eh, <laughs> Tell me again what the benefits to owning a cat are. <laughs> I know. Well, dude, you know, I mean, we, yeah. Cats are sweethearts. He is, he is a good cat, though. Yeah, tell that to the one that gave me the scar I got that a you cat had. scar. He, that's part that's of ownership. That's just branding. They brand yeah. you. Back, so back like you're 20. my human. <laughs> Scratch. <laughs> Make sure. Yeah. Back like 20 years ago, Todd had some kittens here before I'd it was like right before I moved out here and I was visiting and one of the kittens had like ridiculously sharp claws and was hiding under the uh, the bed that I was sleeping <laughs> in. I know where this is going. So my hand, like I rolled over and my hand is dangling off the oh, edge awesome. of the bed and slash. <laughs> and it cut me deep. I was oh. bleeding for a good 10, 15 minutes. Like I kept putting pressure on it. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> That one had that one had to be Angelus. That it, oh yeah, my I God. think it was. That is great. Angelus is the vampire. It was that or Ca- the other one was named Captain Trips. So, oh, actually, God. I think it was Trips if I remember correctly. Right. Oh, then God, that is that is such that is such a cat thing. That you means know? you're patient zero. You know, if you just fucking right? hang your if you just hang off the edge of the Ooh, bed, a toy. Whack. Yes, he's he's attacked my ankle as I've walked by when he's been underneath a bit. It's really funny because he's gentle. He he'll, he gets weird. Actually, one time he gnawed on my arm, 
And and by that I mean he teethed. He just grabbed my arm in his mouth and then he gnawed on it. He didn't break the skin. He didn't draw blood, but he sat there. <laughs> weird. Just weird. You have a sweet cat. He's, but he is good, yeah. And, I mean, the neighbor vouches for it. So they lounge by the fucking pool. That's the sentence she right there. She said that. Those are her words. <laughs> they lounge by the pool. They got a cabana over there. Oh, Jesus like... Christ. <laughs> Kirsten's like, I want to lounge by the pool. I know. The cat's got it better than... Mm, fuck. <laughs> most, most cats got it better than us right now. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. So we, we all saw Ready Player One. So yes. as what we normally do, we will discuss that at the end of the show. It will be a spoiler full discussion. So once we start that point, we'll warn you ahead of time. And you know, if you haven't seen the movie or and are planning to and don't want to be spoiled, come back and join us at that moment. But uh, that will be happening at the end of the show. But in the meantime, gentlemen, what geeky things you do this week well i saw ready player one. Oh, there was that <laughs> oh yeah how was it <laughs> you can give your spoiler free uh, oh. opinion if you so desire um yeah i i got spoilerific opinions i enjoyed it i saw it in 2d mm-hmm. and i was like hmm yeah uh, this is one you want to see in 3d i didn't i say that last week <laughs> yeah <laughs> Okay. He was wow. agreeing with me. Okay. Wow, I feel like Matt right now. This is... <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It's not like it was a stunning revelation. It was a, an agreement. Okay. I saw it in 2D. I saw it in 2D as well. Yeah. So I'm the only one that saw it in 3D. I can't go see it in 3D unless I go by myself. It, oh, yeah, because, yeah. And I don't <laughs> see 3D really anymore on purpose. After my, my time with Star Trek... The third one, yeah. I'm not interested in 3D anymore. I, it would it completely detract you from know, my experience. You know, we have a 3D TV. We have the 3D glasses. And I have yeah, Star Trek we... Beyond in 3D. You should really watch it on a bright TV set and, and enjoy it in 3D. Or I'll just watch it in 2D and actually just enjoy it for the story and, and, and oh, the movie that it is. Fine. Dilly dilly. Ha 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 ha. Story. Well, well, our 3D system is the older kind. It has the shutters. The LCD shutters. The LCD That's shutters. the better one. It is a better 3D, right? But after a while, it makes my eyes tired. Does it really? Yeah. Huh. So I, I can't go a long time with it. Huh. But uh, so yeah, we'll discuss uh, the finer points of Rudder Player One afterwards. Any other geeky things to do this week, Kay? Me? Yeah, you. Well, you started oh. the discussion. So. Oh. Why is we, there we just, some? We just wanted. To I make always sure freeze up on this shit because well, I'm we, just we did like game night. So I did. We played a little we bit. We did. Of, ga- the game oh, game. oh, okay. Yeah, Matt got the glaive of law. The glaive of law. You gotta yeah. say it in the voice. You're do the glaive of law voice. <laughs> Come on, the so, glaive. So they 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 uh, they're finally starting to fight their way through the citadel. Because when we left off last time, the citadel had come under attack. Actually, we left off with it shaking like an earthquake. It turned out it was under attack. The necromancer was oh. attacking Shumagor. So they made their way out of the um, stadium, the gladiatorial stadium. With, with your bagpipes. Yeah. 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 And, and a bit of Dude, dick, I love my character. And a bit of dick <laughs> measuring. I'm sorry? Uh, yeah. Is this, is this part of the new rules of 5th edition? <laughs> yeah. Measure you, the dicks. Yeah. If you, yeah no, Matt. If you Matt, exceed a certain amount, you get a plus two bonus yeah, to no, charisma? Matt, no. If you, if you, Intimidation. It's more. Endurance. Yeah. There you go. It's more like uh, gloating. 
It's Const- like that's where all his charisma points are. Constitution. Yeah. It's just it, the the the, the posture. <laughs> and Matt's playing it. He's just playing it great because he's. It, it, with all of them, he 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 gives uh, he gives Stephanie shit. He'll give Lewis shit. He's even given Paulette a little shit, which is worth seeing and and dangerous. Yeah, so so kudos on you. You know they're oh, making really, their way to yeah. the armory. I be- feel like the only one role playing it. All the rest of them are like, "Well, I do this and this." I'm like, I know okay. Matt's throwing, and it's funny because I respond to the players. So Matt is getting cool stuff. Like the glaive of law, because because he's playing, he's 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 messing around, enjoying it. I can't give Lewis shit. I want it. I'm I'm going full Gonzo, like I said. Right. right? I want it. Huge heavy metal, heavy metal super sword source spectacular. Yeah, Fundar the Barbarian. Yeah, uh, Richard Corbin's den. Let's just go fucking nuts. So I and you know Thundar Sun Sword. I wanted someone to have a lightsaber. And Lewis took Kinsey Monk. Oh, yeah. This is perfect. And he refused to take sword. He's like, well, you know, Monk's weapon is a short sword. <laughs> and that, well, dude, eh, you can, you can look. He's like, well, I can only do finesse weapons. And I'm like, dude, the rapier. Oh, but rapier. And I agree. I, I, I don't like rapier. It's stupid. A little rapier? Yeah. Oh, jeez. But. <laughs> it's too rapier. But it's a D8. It's the it's a, one of the few I think it's the only D8 finesse weapon. All the others are D6 or less. So I'm like there's a mechanical precedent for D8. So we'll do a katana. Katana will say is a D8. Oh, but then I have to two hands and oh, but a katana and oh. oh. So he's just saying no to a lightsaber. He, he, I didn't mention the word oh, lightsaber. I see. So, because I'm planning this, I'm going to spring this on him like, like the glaive of law. And, and it's just, and he wouldn't, he was just like, ah, I'll do the Gusari Gama. Lewis has major D&D existential crises. Major meh for everybody out there. Uh, yeah, major meh. And so we start this episode uh, episode listen to me in this episode uh, uh, well actually i want to kind of treat it that way but we start the session and before we even start he's like uh, i don't know about the gusari gum well i got that from this guy his layout was so good i thought it was official uh unearthed arcana stuff but actually it was just some guy who who did some stuff and so i'm not sure about the gusari gamma because i don't know if i like the rule lawyering lawyering himself yes yes lewis does that he will nerf himself i'll you give him the fucking moon and he'll nerf himself down to like you know a hill well to be fair only he man can punch the moon (laughs) (laughs) so so he he, he, he's starting to talk himself out of the Gusari Gama. And this is after I had planned out and figured out, okay, we can, I can figure a Gusari Gama that's a chain and a sickle. So he'll get a chain, and somewhere else in the adventure, he's going to find the sickle. He can make his own weapon. This will be a really cool thing. And the Lewis, it's all gone. And the first move his character does is he jumps off of the amphitheater um, sitting area. Where everything's collapsing. And finds a chain. And finds a chain. <laughs> and what does he do? Steals a spear from a guard. I'm like, oh, I, I can't. You can't win with Lewis. So, is that, I, is that a general game thing? You can't win with Lewis. You, you can't. You just, it sounds like it. It literally sounds like the whole peanuts 
comic with Lucy setting up the football, except you're actually holding the football, waiting for him to kick it, and he trips himself. Yeah. <laughs> he or, runs up and trips himself. Or, or like, he runs Seriously? up, and then just as he gets there, he's like, oh, whoa, whoa, wait, 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 wait. I, I started on the wrong foot, and he goes back, you know, something like that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So they get... They they have a they have a few fights they they get down the corridors and they get into the armory and basically what I did is uh, because Matt was a declared gladiator and doing everything he he started out with most of his equipment and so did Stephanie but uh, Paulette and Lewis had nothing because the whole idea is they'll equip themselves and become what a, an equipped fifth level character should be by going to the armory. And so they're in the armory, and they're making their rolls, and I'm letting them find stuff. And it, 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 Lewis finally got the, the, the lightsaber. And the first thing he did was, well, I'm not going to use it. <laughs> what? Yeah. Duh, this is where it gets funny. Yeah, because he's like, he's like I, uh, well, I don't have proficiency. I mean, I can choose any weapon and be a kinsei and, and, and I become proficient in it, but I don't have this for, I, you know, and I said, dude, you took Katana. You can, well, no, this is different. And I'm like, the DM is telling you it's okay. Yeah. So I said, well, look, there is one thing. If you, until you go up a level, you will, fun- this is dangerous weapon. You will fumble on a one or two. Be aware of that. And he's like, yeah, I'm not going to use it right now. I'm like, so he oh. finds a dagger. Okay. Oh, and my. we get our first encounter. Yep. So he goes to roll his first attack with the dagger, one. Oh, yep. wow. He rolls his second attack with the dagger, two. Then he, then he spins uh, the, the key to do another attack. One. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Your fate. Had, you sealed your own fate, Oh, sir. my God. Two ones and a two. It was de- and what, he's and he's dagger. like, see, see, that's why I didn't use a lightsaber because and he just and I uh, was just like, God, he, I just I'm looking at the dice, thinking they just had to prove him right. That's just great, <laughs> totally. So anyway, they 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 have a series of fight with some undead because you know necromancers are attacking. True. They uh, fight this wraith who it, I was really proud of that because he had him sweating. Uh, he had him a little nervous. He was doing a good job. Um, I let uh, Paulette discover her magic property because I, I did a nice little random roll thing when she shot an arrow. And because there are no spellcasters, I wanted them all to be like martial types. I figured, all right, Paulette took Arcane Archer. I'll let her have a device that allows her to do an occasional thun- uh, lightning bolt or a fireball. Ah. And so they're in this room that is about 20 feet in diameter, and she shoots off an arrow that turns into a fireball and, of course, fills the room with fire and everybody, you know, so. And it it was fun because Paulette actually enjoyed the moment because she was like, that was a rad moment, even though she got, she failed her save. She got crisped by the the fireball, but at the same time, she, oh, this, this, it's her quiver. And the quiver makes her arrows, and, you know, she She'll can... She'll need Deadpool to protect her. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. So that was cool. They kill the... Um, they're, they're in this pool, this well, and it's like a magic well. It's sort of the source of Shumagor's power. And the undead thing was trying to destroy it. So when Matt's character delivers the death blow and actually kills the wraith, 
I had a big explosion of lightning and thunder coming through the ceiling as the well just pulses with power. And then suddenly the, the glaive, uh, Matt's glaive starts to glow. And I oh. go, I have the power. <laughs> I am the glaive of law. And, oh. and then that's so that's Matt's item is the glaive of law. So it has its own intelligence. It, it's a sentient weapon. That's always fun. Oh. Yeah. So and it, and in it, the hands of this guy. Oh yeah. And he was like, he's like, you know, I'm like, all beings of chaos shall fear me. And he instantly starts. Well, we got a barbarian in the room. We should go after her. He was like, because <laughs> <laughs> he, he that's where I lost my first fight to to Steph's character. <laughs> so I have, you know, I hate that character. So he's ready to start rocking out immediately. <laughs> So, so, and that's about where we left off. So that was I like it. It was fun. It was fun, and it, it's part of the fun is just watching Matt go crazy because he's 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 totally embracing this character. So that's cool. Nice. Thanks for that. Yeah, the break. my best. It's the, nice when the players buy in. The breaker, the, the breakout star. <laughs> Absolutely, that's right. <laughs> yep. Now, I will say this for Lewis. Lewis uh, was very inspirational to me one night. Uh, he brought a board game. I can't, oh God. can't remember the name of it, but it was like thermonuclear war or something like that, where everybody has their own country. And I remember this. Wouldn't yeah. you prefer a nice game of chess? <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and this game is from the 60s, and the whole point of the game is that no one wins in nuclear war. There's, there's like one victor, and they, they end up owning a planet of rot. <laughs> So, but th- sorry, I had a. It's one of those. Line. It's one of those games where you form temporary alliances, and then you end up backstabbing somebody, and you're just trying to destroy each other with nuclear weapons and subterfuge. Right up your alley. Loved it. And but what I really loved that evening was that Major Meh was really losing. And he was being very vocal about it. So I started writing down verbatim what he was saying. And I took down all those sentences about how he was basically being defeated by everybody unfairly. And I turned it into a national anthem of Lewis for his country for that game. (laughs) And I, I recorded it with multiple voices and, you know, I'm going to put it at the start of this episode, and I'll put it oh. at the end of this episode. Oh, my. Because I, I wrote it, and I brought it for the next time, and we couldn't get the CD to play, so no one really got to hear a good version of it. So so what you heard at the beginning of this episode, and if you want to hear it at the end, is l- the literal translation of Lewis's defeat from the words of Lewis himself <laughs> made into a national anthem for Lewis's country. So funny. So, yeah, that's uh, that's what that was and is. So, thank you, Major Meff, for for inspiring me that evening, gentlemen. What else did you do this week? I had kind of a, a musical uh, geeky weekend. Um, I went and saw Sunday uh, for the first time ever in the theaters. I saw Grease. Ah, yeah. they a re-release. Yes, Fathom Events kind of. Uh, I believe it's. Uh, AMC Classics, okay. uh, Theater Classics, um, but it's the full uncut movie, restored. Um, 
really a lot of fun and seeing it in the big on the big screen and uh the audience i had um there were a few people singing along with the songs which cool. also made it a much more immersive experience was it like an official sing-along where it gave it the words and everything no okay. it did not it wasn't the sing-along version I, that they released in theaters a couple of years ago okay with the lyrics and the bouncing ball but uh still enjoyable nonetheless uh, i'd seen it many many times but Sadly, mostly either the edited for television version or the VHS version. I never actually got to see it in the movie theater. So decided that was uh, something I needed to check off the bucket list since it was available. And then... uh, Grease has one of my favorite uh, female songs uh in like all of theater. Beauty School Dropout. No, that's 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 a male song. <laughs> male song. And that that was an add-in, right? The, the Beauty School Dropout was not in the original. Play? Yeah, they have a different song. In okay, that yeah, yeah. So the same character, but sing something different. Because I know there's a few songs that were added just for the the movie that weren't in the original play. So and but uh, when Rizzo sings, there are worse things I could do. Right. I think that is an amazing emotional punch of that character. I just I just love songs like that that are just dig in deep based off of just a boil of negative self-emotion. That is a movie though you really have to buy into the whole suspension of disbelief too oh. because I mean not beyond just like the fact that it's a musical, but when you're looking at all these quote unquote kids that are supposed to be in high school and they're all clearly oh. in their their mid 20s or early sure. 30s and you're just like the teachers aren't much older than the students. <laughs> yeah. Teenagers peaked earlier back then. This is true. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, back then, you could be a teenager into your 28s. You're, you're good. But yeah, no, I had I had, a, I had a lot of fun seeing that in the theater. And then uh, the other one was I finally got to... I recorded it, like, I think it was last weekend, but I finally got to watch it this weekend. Uh, the uh, Jesus Christ Superstar oh, uh, good. viewing Let's that they had on, uh, oh, I'm on, excited. Uh, on NBC... Starring uh, was it John Legend and Alice Cooper and Sarah, Sarah Bareilles. Bareilles. Those are the only ones that I remember. Those are the best are, known names. Yeah, because the other people I'm not really sure. But uh, your first experience ever yes. watching Jesus Christ Superstar. And never, never saw the movie. Never got to see it as a stage play. Wanted to see it and had opportunities in the past. Just wasn't able to to actually see it in person. But. Uh, I liked it. I mean, it was it was fun. It was different. It wasn't what I was expecting it to be. Expecting it to be a lot more. It's a little um, subversive. Yeah, yeah. In fact, well, I, you, it, that Judas is a sympathetic character. Yes, in there, Judas like, is a fantastic character yeah. in there. And and I will say, I do like that they've expanded the Mary Magdalene role a little bit. Yeah, they they added a song in there. Can we start again, please? In the last right. fifteen years. Uh, because literally, that is a show that is all dudes. Yeah. So, uh, very well written, very well performed. I I have no gripes with what I saw of it. How it compares to previous versions, I'm not really sure because I don't have anything to compare it to. But uh, at this point, uh, I feel like I'm a Jesus Christ superstar connoisseur. Okay. Because I've seen at least. F- I- you and I talked Force, a little bit about it before I, I got sure. through it. But, Four uh, video versions of it. Sure. Uh, and this one has the best Judas and the best Mary Magdalene. The Judas character, when he's doing his... Um, when he's struggling with turning Jesus in, like, you know, that whole 
predestination versus free will and you know finally he's down on his knees and he's got the silver pieces in his hand and he quietly gives up jesus location like he's that defeated yes. emotion that was coming out i was like this guy is really good and then when he recognizes he was just a pawn yeah in, and then, in then God's it game. switches to oh, anger and yeah. he's just like he's like i'm i have no free will because you made me do this and then when he confronts jesus about it he's like you want me to do this you know i don't want to do this but you're making me do this you know surrender you to the authorities and it was just really an interesting take on the you know the story speaking of favorite songs for specific genders the gethsemane song of jesus Mm -hmm. is one of my favorite male songs in theater okay because it has such an emotional arc of anger betrayal and acceptance right and this version i felt sold that very very short because usually that is a song, that, yeah. That is a song that is directed to God out of out of anger and and just another character realizing that he is a pawn in somebody else's game. So, do you think that was performer or director, director. that you director? Definitely director. I because the way that John Legend performed it, mm-hmm. it, he was almost like he was talking to himself. Okay, like like it was some kind of just an internal mental struggle versus something. I, I don't want to do this. This is out of my control. You're making me do yeah, this. Yeah, it did kind of seem like he was confronting voices in his head versus yeah. shouting to the heaven, why, you know, you know, why are you making me do this? Sure. But Jesus Christ Superstar is a weird, nebulous show. There's no real plot. Yeah. There's no main characters. No. It's there's there's nine named characters and there everybody else is chorus and dancer and it, you know. it is the prime example of if you take a concept album and stage it. Yeah. It is Pink Floyd's The Wall, the Jesus version. Now, would you say that has more to do with Tim Rice's involvement versus Andrew Lloyd Webber? Or In what, what do you regard? think? Cause, well, I mean, as far as the... The subversive and more well, it was it rock was, opera. It was written than, in the late '60s. It was sure. written at a time that you know the who's Tommy. It's Tommy mm-hmm. has a story, but it's also very nebulous. It's more to create a feeling. It's okay. It's there's a story there, but it's more implied that you more ride the music through okay. it. Hence well, I, the I'm term asking rock you because you yeah. know you know more about it than I do. So whereas later on, when his rock operas became stories, you know, Phantom of the Opera, sure. Whistled down the wind, and, right? But back then, it was still just concept album staged. Okay. So that still remains a very nebulous piece of work. But uh, if you can catch it, especially you atheist friends out there, there is a wonderful live arena version starring Tim Minchin as Judas. I highly recommend checking that out. As far as following a storyline, that is the best version that's been done so far. Okay, Minch. Tim Minchin. Tim Minchin. Really? Yes. Yeah. He is an amazing Judas. That's... He's gotten a lot of rave reviews. Like, even wow. even critics that are like, you know, I'm not necessarily an, a fan of his atheist views. However, he does a wonderful job as Judas. And like this... So, I mean, it seems to be universal praise. And that one also does the best job of... Because a lot of times Jesus Christ Superstar is translated into the modern world. Sure. Uh, versus, you know, taking place way back in Judah. And this is the one that the Tim Minchin version does the best job of making it a modern story of a modern media figure. 
Okay. So I do highly recommend checking that out if you like Jesus Christ Superstar. But I should really get off this tangent because I'll keep going. That's like <laughs> if you bring up Warhammer now, that's all I'll talk no, about for the next half hour. It's fun to see you get passionate about something like all that. All I heard for the past 10 minutes is musical, 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 musical. That's right. That's right. So so does that mean we should talk sports next? Uh, nope. There you go. Sports, 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 sports. Unless you consider tabletop wargaming a good sport. I do. So do I, actually. Yeah. And they do have another one called Blood Bowl. That is technically... Ah, uh, oh, yes. American football. Tape. There it is. American football right there. It's like dinner all over again. You, you, would, <laughs> probably, you would probably like it. Um, Jeff? American football through the eyes of the British. It's glorious. Yes. <laughs> like, just imagine. You go in the field, you kill John Elway. Just kill him. But I made right. sure that Matt and myself had a nice, deep, strong conversation about Warhammer during dinner so we wouldn't have to do it here for all of you. Oh. So it always save you that did diatribe. You, did you guys see the... Uh, you, pr- you didn't because you're not on Facebook. But I am. I just don't go on there. I, well, <laughs> I, I am on it. I'm just not on it. <laughs> That's right. All right. I have an account somewhere. Okay. Yeah. It's funny. Somebody tried to tag you, and they were talking about how they couldn't. I don't know. It was weird. <laughs> anyway, um, they're coming out with a Warhammer 40K RPG. Like a book RPG. <laughs> interesting. That's like, now, I'm listening. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> this is relevant to my interest. at war. <laughs> when the Warhammer first came out, it was that. It was there was a game master, and then you had your small group of warriors. But it was like ten models. It was more of a skirmish game. So that that had that has roots. So yeah, and they, they've had the Warhammer Fantasy role play forever. Yes, but the forty k role play, they haven't had that in ages. Yeah, you're saying been. you want to play it. Uh, you know that'd be interesting. I wonder. I wonder if uh, could if it, I could play it rather than run it. You'd have to find somebody who you know would uh, game master it. I might consider that. Holy shit! And if he doesn't, I could too. Because I know a lot. <laughs> That's about where that. I was going with that, and then he was like, "I mean, I'm like, wow, we had we could have co DM." Although I don't imagine it works anywhere near like Dungeons Dungeons and Dragons does it. You can't have like an Eldar and a Tyranid and a Space Marine in the same group. Probably not. Oh, maybe you never know. That they just would not get along. Oh, no. like our group would have a problem. It's with not that. like your cats. Yeah. <laughs> Those sluts. <laughs> I better leave my boy alone. Uh, let's see other things I've done this week. Uh, the Terror is on AMC. That is based on the uh, Dan Simmons book I was reading a while back about the true-to-life voyage of the HMS Terror and Erebus as they tried oh. to find a passage through the North Arctic, and their ships disappeared, and no one knew what happened to them until like a couple of years ago. Uh, Dan Simmons wrote a fictionalized account how they got stuck in the ice and then became the victim of a monster. Wow. AMC has created a miniseries that has started, and if you... Any of that sounds interesting to you of late 1800, mid 1800 ship travel? Uh, yeah, it's Master and Commander with monsters. It's really good. Quick question: the monster in question is it like the thing? Do they do they kind of copy that? Not or, really. Okay. No, it's it's a it's a very specific monster. Okay. Now, yeah, there's there's very little copying in this. It's it's hard to equate this to something else right now. <clears throat> oh. No. So, oh, so it's not Frankenstein's monster. No. Because he's like wandering around the North right, Pole. Right, that would make sense. And 
Oh, there's a ship in my land. Uh, get off my land. Yeah, yeah. actually, that's more Dean Koontz than Dan Simmons, but that's a good point. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Uh, I played Monster Hunter World for the first time What's for a little while. Monster Hunter is this video game series that has been really big in Japan for a long time with a an okay following here in the States. It is boss monster the game where you are a hunter of, hey, imagine that, monsters. But every single monster you fight is like a big boss. And you have to, and there's a lot of crafting in it. What you gain from the bosses, you use that to craft new materials, armors, weapons. Oh. And then you have to forage for the stuff to make the potions and the stuff to put on your arrows. Oh, you love that. So I didn't think it was going to grab me. In fact, when I first played it for the first couple of hours, I'm like, it's not. <laughs> first couple hours. You got to go deep on these. You, I was like, okay, I'm not sure this is gelling with me because it's like, well, when you go out for a hunt, it's timed, but the time's like 55 minutes. You got plenty of time. But you, you then track, not, but, but I, then I learned you can go on like open hunts and just wander and gain things and try to build things from it to make your character better, to build more things, more monsters, make bigger things. The monsters are really incredible. Now, from the streams I've watched, there's no health bars for the monsters, right? You kind of no. notice, like, oh, he's bleeding from yeah. a lot, or and he's he, limping. And, or... He'll run, and he'll run off and you know try okay. to go back to his cave or fly off if you're unlucky. But the fights go for a long time. I, the, I think the last battle I had against one of these guys, it took an hour, like, total to take this thing down. Wow. Mind you, I was doing it with a bow, but uh, that, that was my choice at the, <laughs> that time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And you can choose. That's plink, what's really cool plink, about Monster Hunter plink. World is that you can choose your play style. You can do the big Japanese swords. You can do a sword and shield. You can do a crossbow. You can do a bow. You can do this staff that is imbued with magic from bugs that you find. <sighs> the glaive of law. <laughs> I have the power. Uh, so I've probably now sunk about eight hours worth into this game. And now it's kind of gotten me hooked to the point where I'm like, ah, I might actually buy this from the rental company. So, so more on that as I play forward and decide that. But apparently it's just one big game loop. You either enjoy that, that process or you don't. That, that actually kind of sounds up my alley. I, one of the things that drives me crazy about like, even like Diablo is the, the, the kind of sense of story I, I don't want to. St- I just I just if, want to kill stuff. If you don't want a story, this is your game. Yeah, there is a some kind of story ish about it. Just a little framing device, and then yeah. Whereas you are on a ship to the new world. This new world has big monsters. We'd better make this a safer world for ourselves. That's the story. All right, colonialism. Yes. <laughs> colonialism with a within you can design your character which i love this time i didn't make a complete chud i made this purple hair girl with the oh with, thank god with this white white eye because she was smashed in the face by some gigantic armadillo in her past I like that too god almighty i disappeared down the rabbit hole on one of the soul caliber games one time oh the building of that uh, was you, fun oh my god you're just playing with the boob <laughs> yes Boob physics. The boob slider. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, it just it was really funny. And, and it was really, it. I was really dis- and it, disappointing, too. I think it was Soul Calibur Five or one of them, uh, you couldn't go past underwear. They didn't allow you to do nudes. And P- Paul was just like, yeah, or Scott. 
Scully was the one. He was like, yeah, you used to be able to do that in the older ones, but you can't do that now. I mean, it's like, damn. Down to the skimpies, and that's about I it. I know. It'd be cool to, because, hey, as Jeff will tell you, there's historical precedent for, you know, some people's running into battle buck naked. This is true. Yep. They've true. done it. Right. And if you're like Jeff and have an impressive dong, then you're more, you can be more entitled. Wow. Right? Wow. Yeah, that's where the gird your loins comes from, so, you know. Is, wait, wait, explain yourself on that. What, I'm sorry? If you're running into battle, you want to make sure everything's all. Oh, I see. Yeah, Jeff, wrapped, he, wrapped up, he so straps not, it to his you're leg. Not, you're not dragging along the ground Jeff, while you're running. Jeff you just go. calls that going to work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds cool, though. Two that armies meet. Cool. Jeff! And he just shows, and the other army surrenders. And they lift. They, they go away. <laughs> yeah, they all they're go done. home. Lift, lift the kilt up, and they're like, no, that's Fuck it. We're done. Shit. <laughs> Fuck this shit. Fuck this shit. shit. <laughs> like, lay down their arms like, we're, it's all good. We're going home. Make a saving throw. <laughs> save versus girth. Right. Yeah. <laughs> girth. Um, is, it, is it console or is it PC? It's console. Ooh. But I think newer console. Xbone? PS4? Yeah, yeah, yeah this. Fuck. Yeah, this. Maybe next year. Because things are yeah. getting better. Yeah. Wait until yeah. the new PS... Oh, no. Wait. Yeah. When's the new PS4 coming out? Uh, who knows? It's... Well, that that's the other thing is is I, I'm lucky... My, my, being broke definitely saves you from the dangers of being a first adopter. Like... Yes. I like my... I still... Knock on wood. I still have the same Xbox 360 I bought forever ago. I've never gotten the red ring of death. You know, and as well, Jeff said, tonight. yep, tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, right? I know. When, but it, uh, um, you know, I got a later model, so they solved a lot of the problems that were killing the earlier ones. So it's like I'm fine. I'll you know, new a new PS4. If anything, that tells me fate has plans. So I don't know. With me, why I've stayed out of the uh, gaming arena is the whole triple A's and where they're going. Oh, we're going to release you a fifty five percent. Um, yeah. finished game here you go the rest is well, DLC and, 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 and uh, the, 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 as as Todd points out the, the, the real ball buster is you got 100% of the game but you can only access 55% right it's like oh for fuck's sake folks yeah I'm, I'm seeing that less except it's in an, except in fighting games it's an unpopular right. model yeah fuck them and it looks like Battlefield 2 has ruined loot boxes for AAA experience for a good while, thank goodness. So at least there's that, but they're going to find other ways to monetize. And yeah, they'll bring it back it. eventually. Call something else. Yeah they're, like, yeah, they're not done with that. Player boxes or effort boxes or something. <laughs> effort boxes. Or something. That, that sounds, that sounds <laughs> really Marxist. <laughs> you have your, have your an effort box for your... Don't do something for your trials. Well, is it Marxist no, or, or is it or is it capitalist? Doesn't it feel ah. better to have earned this? I guess it depends how you receive the effort. <laughs> really, it depends on your you know, family line whether it's yeah, important right, that you earn something. Talk about talk about very profound statement. It's just it's it's all the fucking same. It's really just how you're looking at it. It's a bunch of big assholes. Making all us little assholes miserable. We yeah. we all in life only receive the effort box. <sighs> what else do you do, gentlemen? 
Did I do that's about it for me? I think that's about it. Well, I, I'm in one of those moments that I love and hate at the same time where I am in the middle of reading three books. Aww. At the same time, it's it's a glorious time, but that means that I'll t- it'll take me forever to go through all of them because they get equal time. Uh, so how I'm do you s- remember all this, like the the storylines, all the characters and shit? Like Matt, how do you watch different TV shows? Good point. <laughs> Good point. Good point. <laughs> I like the way Matt can see two points. points. Just like that's yeah, the point. point. I got nothing. You, you see him instantly quit. He's just like, yeah, <laughs> fuck it. This is over. So I'm still reading Sandman Slim, as I mentioned last week. That's actually, I'm really enjoying that now. It's a, it's a good Hellblazer knockoff, a guy that was sent alive to hell and lived there for 12 years and got out. So that's a, that's a fun story. And then what he did afterwards, that's where it starts. Uh, also reading Dan Ebnett's First and Only, which is the first of the Gaunt's Ghosts Warhammer. And you liking it? It's really good. Let's discuss Uh-oh. that. Uh-oh. Okay. Uh, no. Granted, I, I read it like 12 years ago, so bit hazy. I, I feel I am someone that knows the 40K lore fairly well. But even reading this book, I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about in this stuff right now. It, it's, it's very... Now, if the first and only Gaunt's Ghost was the first novel written for the Warhammer universe. So it's the earliest example. They have grown up since then and written novels that are more accessible. This one was obviously written for somebody that has been playing Warhammer for years and is going to reward that knowledge. I don't have that deep of a knowledge. And it's all Imperium, so it's all humans. So it's not all the interesting Orcs and Space Marines and Primarchs and the stuff that 40K is really, really deep on. I've lost Jeff already. I looked over and Jeff. I looked over and Jeff's like looking at the ceiling, looking around. I, I, I literally like my eyes rolled back into my head and my head went with it. I just was. I suddenly found myself looking at the ceiling. For Warhammer, a second, I was Warhammer, like, Warhammer, Warhammer. I was like, wow. I just totally zoned out there for a second. All right. So I, I'm having to like stick with it because I want to read. I want to read through it. I want to know how this goes through. But it, it's been trying. Okay, uh, I'm just trying to remember. So basically, they they get a regiment of, of troops on parade day. An invasion happens. Yes. They have to get everyone off. They only manage this is to get... Told, a, this part's told in flashbacks. Yeah. They, they have they to get everyone off? Well, yes, you know. They, they go around. It's the military, you know, man. That's the real reason we play Warhammer, Jeff. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> and they're only the, able to get like a thousand the of the loser, troops in. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> And these guys are good at stealth and um, intelligence gathering. That's what they're known for. So that's where the ghost part comes in. Yeah, I'm about, I'm about halfway through it. And now I'm starting to get the backstory of these guys so that the first half kind of makes sense. So it's one of those things you have to put together what you've read from the beginning. And it's been slow going in that. Okay. Not that it's a bad book, but it's a very thick book as far as oh, yeah. minutia. Yeah. In Warhammer. So. And the other book, my page habit box arrived this week. This is oh. this is that box subscription service that I was like, I'm finally joining a box thing. I wondered why that was sitting there. And the book they sent me is called I don't know how to pronounce this. Mega Rothke. Mega Rothk uh, by Robert Ashcroft. 
And as uh, they said, it is really cool because about every so often there is a sticky note annotation from the author. Oh, cool. Uh, kind of saying a background of where his thought process was in writing this part of the book, why this is in here, what was influencing him at the time. And so it's it's really good to have that running commentary from the author while you're reading it. And so far the book's been really good and about 70, 70 pages in or about six annotations in. Uh, and also in the box, there were some things to put over your keys that looked like skulls. That was cool. And then a, a metal thing to hang pictures from, which made no sense to me. And of course, the little thing saying, this is what we're giving to this charity for this month. But I really love this idea. And it's really working well for me, at least for this book. So page well, you, habit, is, you, I'm digging it. I was going to say, you're a sucker for anything that has commentary. I mean, hell. I like to know the I, ins and I, outs. Yeah, I know you've bought movies that you have no interest in watching the movie yes. just because it has commentary. Yes, these look like it's original, like actual pencil, like graphite on there. I was worried that it was going to be like some mass product, mass produced and just shoved yeah, just, in there. The, that's pretty neat. I like that. Now they do send you a letter from the author, and that is mass produced, copied. But uh, but yeah, the writing notes. I still don't know if if they are reproductions. They're really good ones. Uh, it looks like it's like look at look at the um, the note there. Because he's he, he's writing in some areas. He's obviously inspired by uh, K- Korean literature, and he talks about Korean movies that he's seen and so forth. And he writes some pieces in in the kanji. And it's like, yeah, that's. I, I really don't know. It depends what kind of pen they're using because there's it's obviously not a ballpoint because there's not any kind of etching in it. But it almost looks like a pencil. But I'm, uh, but I'm digging the book and I'm digging the annotation. I, I really look forward to seeing where else this uh, box service leads. So page habit so far, yeah, I give it a thumbs up. That's very cool. Now that's the only book you got, or you got a couple. Uh, like also, in there was a, a small mini chap book, which is just a little book of like a short story or two. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that was pretty much it. Bookmark. I'm paying for this service, the the book, not the tchotchkes that come with it. No, yeah, of course. But anything else you do, gents? Shaking my head no. Chicken head no. All right. Shaking my head no. Oh, okay. (laughs) Chicken? (laughs) Chicken head no. Chicken head no. News you don't give a shit about. Yay. uh, No, yay. (laughs) The last time we have that. That's right, Andy comes next back week next week, uh-huh. isn't it? Then you got to go back to punking him. <laughs> Just get a goddamn in the background. Yeah, Andy returns next week with stories that I'm sure of the fair will fill a podcast <laughs> somewhere for someone. Someone along. He's a carny now. That's what I was thinking of earlier when you mentioned nuclear war. The, the game Nuclear War, and I, was, I went immediately to the Austin Powers line. He's like, there are only two things that scare me, and one of them is nuclear war. And then Basil says, what's the other thing? He's like, what? The other thing that scares you? Oh, carnies. <laughs> you know. Small hands. Small hands smell like cabbage. <laughs> I, can't, I can't argue that. Things you don't give a shit about. Marvel's Eat the Universe is a new comics-themed cooking series on Marvel's straight-to-digital streaming web channel. 
The show will find guests teaming up with celebrity chef Justin Warner each week for a culinary take on Marvel's Deep Lorevers. The show's first installment finds food inspiration from Phoenix, uh, Jean Grey, and Cable, resulting in the Phoenix Hot Chicken and Egg Bowl, uh, whose recipe you can find over at Marvel's landing page. Uh, the idea for the series, says Marvel, is for Warner to bring, quote, a wide array of pop culture influence into his kitchen to cook dishes inspired by Marvel's rich comic history and talk about their love of brand, superhero, life, food, and everything in between, according to The Hollywood Reporter. This isn't the first time Marvel's mixed comics and cuisine. Back in 2014, quote, the company launched three course comics with C.B. Sibulski a food and chat show hybrid featuring a man who these days is the editor-in-chief of Marvel's comic book line, unquote. Uh, the new show has already made its debut. If you want to see it, you can watch it on Marvel's uh, digital series site. I think they have a YouTube channel that goes along with it. So Marvel cooking show. Yeah. Yeah, that's why it's in this category. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to think. That, name that dish again. I don't even know if that counts as being a glappy thing. It's called Phoenix Hot Chicken and Egg Bowl. It's creative. And they got that from Phoenix Cable and... No, just, one? Just, Fe just Phoenix... Gene Gray. So oh, Phoenix, yeah, sorry. Phoenix, yeah, so Phoenix and Cable. Uh, where egg, the hot egg, chicken comes egg from, bowl. but whatever. I don't know where the egg bowl comes from. Egg bowl. Yeah. Unless it's the, a Phoenix bird. No, no. The egg is his eye. Oh. I see. So the she's a redhead and Phoenix is fiery. So the and she's a chick. So chicken. <laughs> I see we're going with this. See and see, then and you then, sold me. That <laughs> didn't, but your description did. And Cable's got that glowing yellow eye, like an egg yolk. In no, egg. No, no, what? No, no. He's always after Baby Hope, who came from an egg. Oh, so there we go. I, I can't. I can't wait for Deadpool too. That's right. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I was watching Stranger Things uh, second season. There we go. I did that. And um, Har Harper there. I honestly could see him as Cable more than Roland. Honestly. He would have been a good one, I think. Yeah, I think way better. Right. Okay. I During, of course. That's why I that connected the two. There. Sure. There we go. Oh. Before I saw Ready Player One, of course, I saw a preview for Avengers Infinity War. Yep. Yep. Brolin can't take Brolin out of his voice, I've learned. Because mm. in listening to Thanos, I'm like, Thanos is f obviously from Mississippi and trying to cover up his accent. Because he says something that has a, an obvious southern drawl to it, I'm like, that's not the voice I heard of Thanos in my head. There's, there seems to be a lot of Brolin in that Thanos. I'll have to listen to that again. I liked what I heard. When he's doing the whole, you're going to lose, you're going to this, and that, blah, blah, blah. Half of you. Yeah, half. Hopefully they remember you. No. I don't, but I don't remember. That's, I, think that was, I, th I think that was the line. Because uh, I think he's like. Half talking of, to Cap. Yeah, he's yeah. talking. And, and what's the line again? Something, I remember you, something like that. It's the you. It's yeah. the you. He's like, I remember you. It's got that you. Oh, that. yeah. Yep. Hopefully they remember you. Yeah, okay. Well, at least it I wasn't it remember y'all. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, he's trying to cover it up. Half. Hopefully they'll remember y'all. Hopefully when I snap my fingers, my Nashville hot chicken doesn't disappear. <laughs> or my favorite place. Or whatever. Or my uh, Phoenix hot chicken and egg bowl. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. By the way, did I mention I'm cable too? <laughs> <laughs> News you don't give a shit about. According to a new study released by the Motion Picture Association of America, the accountant 
starring Ben Affleck. It was released in 2016, beat out every other huge genre blockbuster released in 2017 to become the most rented film on both DVD and Blu-ray and digital. So which films did the accountant beat out? Moana, Beauty and the Beast, Wonder Woman, Passengers, Logan, Arrival, Guardians of the Galaxy all landed in the top ten on either or both rental lists. Other genre films like Get Out, uh, Kong, Skull Island, Fantastic Beasts, Where to Find Them, Doctor Strange, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 all make up the top 25. The accountant beat every single one of them. Is this, this is just rent? Yeah, this is, this is rental. Who the but, fuck rents? But this is also in digital. People who didn't see the accounting Dude, you in have theaters. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I bought... Okay, it's not... Okay, I bought... Red, ha- Red Box is to, still a thing. You have to. Ch- I was going to say, you have to change the way you think about rentals now because people can rent streaming video and there's a lot of people that still do Redbox. So go on Google Play, go on Amazon, you can rent the film for 24 hours. And, and, and you I'm don't still even one of those guys that does the disc-only yeah. version of Netflix. And the account was a fun movie. I had, you know what that I tells me? It. No one wants to spend the money on actually buying the disc, so they just rent it and like, oh, let me well, see what it's about. If That's think, what that is. Yeah, I was gonna say, well, think yeah. about Redbox. It's like two bucks to get the movie. You've got twenty four hours to watch it. If it's something you maybe weren't sure about when it was in the theaters, you've only put two dollars into mm-hmm. it. You've watched it and you go, I really liked this. Maybe yeah. I want to buy it now or. It wasn't all I hoped for, and I only spent two bucks, so I'm not upset. And I thought, I think the accountant had good word of mouth. Yeah. So well, it, I know it, I saw it in theater. You know, I did good. too. Yeah. yeah. I enjoyed but, it. Yeah. So yeah, Matt, you're right. That's exactly what it is. That's exactly what that is. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, the state of 3D movies is in decline. Also, in the report, the revenue from 3D movies dropped 18% in 2017 to about 1.3 billion, the lowest number since the technology exploded in 2010. Overall, revenues from all movies fell only about 2% in 2017, so it can't simply be... Are we there yet? We're only an hour in. Wow. You talk too much during dinner. I I talk too much during the opening. We did, actually. Yeah, we did. Oh, dude, we started getting deep in armies. Warhammer, 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 Warhammer. It was about painting. Painting. Anyways, go on. So it can't be blamed on a bad year at the movies. Yeah, I, I only tuned in like a small portion of it, and I was like, "Wow, they are, they are deep down the rabbit hole on this one." We were talking about tyranids and mine, oh. mine swarms. I thought you were, and, talk- and not just paint, but like brands of paint and what? the proper brands of paint well, I was to get to, to, to paint say, the they, miniatures. That's right. Dry brushing versus wash, and they know. might have gotten into that. I just i <laughs> i tuned most of it out. <laughs> That's that's something I did this week a lot was a lot of painting and yes watching a lot of videos on Warhammer. Although you know what I've, you I've, mean listening to videos. Well, you no, you did watch. You were listening to a lot of stuff while no, no, while you, painting. No, but you, yes, you also watched a lot of YouTube videos on painting. Sure, but I have noticed a switch in my viewing. Whereas I was reading, reading, watching a lot of videos on how to paint certain things and painting styles. Now it's switched into Warhammer rules and strategy. So now I'm starting to go into the whole game aspect of it and and not only building my army, but figuring out how to play it to beat stupid Tau armies. Which is not that hard, but anyways. Just get get close. His armies was called what's called a glass cannon. 
which means they hit hard and fast from a distance, but up close, they break like glass. And and that's what you got. That's what you're playing. That's That's mine, yes. And me, my guys march across the place like zombies and just eat you. Boy, that's... that's It's going to be fun. It's going to be lots of fun. Oh, where was I? Oh, yes. The new report also (laughs) notes... A 15% decline in the number of 3D films released since uh, in 2017 compared to the year before. While it could show the industry growing weary of 3D, the number of 3D films released in 2017, 44 films, is still much larger than the 2010 number, which was 26. And the rev- while the revenue declined 18%, the number of 3D screens in the United States increased in 2017, but only... 1%, a little over 200 screens, a slower rate of growth than the previous year. So 3D seems to be slowing, not ending, but slowing. Seems like people are being a lot more selective about what they see in 3D, too. So I know I am. I know that, uh, you know. <laughs> nothing. I've watched nothing in 3D. That's that's my answer. Boy, you're, you're a bitter apple on that one. Oh, yeah. You know what? Okay. He had one really bad experience with it and just has not gone back. To be fair, I saw Guardians of the Galaxy 2 in 3D, and it was actually pretty good. Oh, so you lied. No, I didn't lie. I just didn't bring it up. He just gave you alternate you, you facts. You flat out said earlier you hadn't seen a movie in 3D since Star Trek. Okay, I lied. <laughs> so, <laughs> there you go. So, yeah, that was it was pretty decent. So, I, I can't poop with the technology. It's neat when it works. Right. But it's frustrating when it doesn't. And yes. most of the time, I don't want to take the chance. I got you. So, well, um, unless there's a movie time that's like, uh, I guess I got to choose the 3D one because that's when I can see the movie. Yeah, that was one of the selling points on some of the new theater technology that they're talking about. Uh, National Association of Broadcasters is in town this week. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, they demonstrate a lot of new theater technology, television technology, and one of the ones that I don't know if they're demonstrating it, but was talked about was uh, replacing projectors and theaters with giant LED screens. Yikes! With a dot pitch that would be—I mean, it, the, the whole thing would weigh about the same as you know the theater screens that are now, but because they generate their own light, they would be much brighter, and then you would have much higher contrast. And so when you are exhibiting a 3D movie, it's not dimmed by the the swap over of the I think the that lenses. would help immensely. So, yeah. Oh, that'd be good. Because, yeah, I mean... Because on, on my, sh- my, my experiences have been bad due to human error. Yeah. Error. Yeah. Error. But, I mean, they've got those screens on, uh, on the strip yeah. that are fucking bright in the... Day, yeah, yes. you're These competing are... with the Las Vegas sun, and those things you'll actually things will be getting brighter around you, and you'll be like, "What the hell is that?" And you look up, and it's a screen going off. I mean, that's impressive shit. Yeah, so that's that's a new technology. I mean, it's it's probably going to be slow in adoption because a lot of theaters have spent a lot of money investing in the modern digital projectors and stuff. So it'd be like. Something that if you're doing like a renovation from an older theater and making it more modern that you might replace a projector with, or a broken projector, replace it with an LED-based screen. And then uh, James Cameron will film his Avatar movies to exploit that, and everyone will be like, wow! Oh, and that was the other thing. They said that you would be able to take advantage of HDR that you can't always translate with modern 
or current projectors. Some of them do. So you would have a much deeper, richer color. So you would have Avatar-like movies with just that incredible color palette. So I tell you what, I can be brought in with color. Yeah, they need to do Ragnarok that, could show Ragnarok that along. Yeah, and Guardians absolutely. of the Galaxy and oh my, and Black Panther. You yes. know, they they you. Oh my God, it's just so beautiful. More, color, color more, almost, more. It almost became its own character in those films. It was like. An amazing palette that was dancing on the screen. Yeah, you know, a salute to the old uh, four color comic. It's just right. You, uh, you know, I remember as a kid loving like those Technicolor movies. You know, I mean, I mean, you had like like uh, uh, a derp Wizard of Oz, but even like there's yeah that rich oversaturated yeah yeah Ivanhoe yeah yeah yeah. it was a movie Ivanhoe. Which is like trying to capitalize on the 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 Robin you know, Hood yeah. thing, and but it, it boy oh boy those colors were amazing. Mm-hmm. And just it, ah just go back to that. Let's see, and even better. Ooh, that'd be awesome. The first movie that I, I can ever remember that caught my eye for color, especially in the modern era, a movie I never saw, but I loved the preview. Apparently, everyone else did too because no one else watched it. Was Speed Racer. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, they yeah. did that speed racer for the big screen. That was crazy. The colors were amazing. That was crazy. Yes. And then on the same token, you really didn't miss anything by not seeing it. <laughs> exactly. I watched it, and I almost wanted to just hit the mute button and and just look at the amazing palette of colors <laughs> and ignore the lousy acting and dialogue. Because, oh, my God, the dialogue was terrible. <laughs> And that was uh, uh, the brothers Wasn't, that did Matrix, right? Yeah, it was uh, the Wachowski sorry, sisters. Sisters, sisters. Now, excuse the, me. The, sorry, sorry, audience. The Wachowski sisters. Yeah, yes. don't, don't, don't write us. Don't flood us with emails, folks. <laughs> um, yeah, well, you can, but I'll ignore you it. and your yeah. intolerance. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, yeah, that was that was a, a bit of a misstep. Although visually, I guess it. It was a Wachowski well, movie. I, the Wachowskis, they have amazing ideas and sometimes just fail on the execution. I mean, uh, what was the the one with um, Mila Kunis that they did that had a lot of potential? The, oh, Jupiter with, Ascending. Yeah, Jupiter Ascending. Had a lot of potential. And, and the story itself was intriguing throughout, but it just it suffered from... How much of I that, know. I wonder, it, you, you you wish sometimes you could get, you know, like honest trailers, get honest commentary, because uh, I'd like to wa- see how much of that was studio interference, you right. know? Um, that is one thing I'll say for commentaries. It's so hard to come across one from somebody who's like, I'm just going to tell you everything well, good and bad. Yeah, because they want to work. <laughs> right. right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know? I mean, movie making on that scale is all about going out and asking other people for money. So, right. what are you going to fucking do? Weekend Geek! Yay! Oh. Wrong segment. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this one, I think, Matt, you're going to love and hate at the same time. Oh, boy. Ooh, yay! Ooh, yay! Let's go. Apple has picked up a TV series based on Isaac Asimov Foundation Trilogy. Raging. To be... (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> to be produced by Skydance Television with David S. Goyer and Josh Friedman. Those are the guys behind Dark Knight Trilogy and Terminator right. Sarah Connor Chronicles as showrunners. Skydance grabbed the rights for the project last year from the Asimov estate, put Goyer and Friedman to work adapting Foundation, Foundation and Empire, and Second Foundation, the three core novels of the canon. Uh, the books, which were first published as short stories between 1942 and 1950, before being organized into three volumes, revolve around a mathematician named Hari Selden, who creates a new science called psychohistory, which predicts the imminent collapse of the galactic empire that rules over humanity throughout the Milky Way. Selden calculates that the collapse will lead to a 30,000-year galactic dark age. So he sets up a community of engineers, artisans, and thinkers in a remote corner of the galaxy, a foundation that will end humanity's suffering after just 1,000 years and restore civilization. The foundation books have never been considered cinematic, uh, but that's not stopped Hollywood from trying, with Fox, Warner Brothers, and Sony all putting the property into development as a film project at different stages. The last iteration, under the guidance of Roland Emmerich, that's the Independence Day guy, morphed into a TV project that Emmerich and Jonathan Nolan from Westworld toil on for HBO, again with no results. Apple's streaming TV service is trying to get into the same business as the other outlets, <laughs> like HBO, Hulu, Handmaid's Tale, and Amazon with Lord of the Rings, AMC with The Terror, that are adapting major sci-fi, horror, and fantasy works to the screen. The uh, uh, Apple's also rebooting Amazing Stories and developing a sci-fi series with Ron Moore, and a world-building drama called C. Um, mm. So, yes, Foundation is actually happening, but only watching and not on Apple. Well, they're doing this it right with the, with the series because there's just too much there for a movie. Yes. But another fucking streaming service. For fuck's sakes. Now, this is 30,000 years of dark age <laughs> and streaming. God <laughs> damn it. Now, here's the thing. If you don't own an Apple product, can you watch Apple streaming? I don't know. I know that you can, you can get. It was iTunes. the head nod that did it? But anyways, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> I know that you have access to iTunes on, like for instance, your PC, and I know at one point they were looking at adding iTunes compatibility to, like, say Android, like have to be an app. But as far as the way they're setting up this streaming service, they would have to open it up to more people because. Apple, financially, that would make yeah, more gonna sense. Say, it would, exactly. Financially, it would make more sense, especially when, you know, as much as Apple products are seen and heard and, you know, they, they're endless marketing campaigns, the reality is they only have about a 35 to 40% install base worldwide. So that's a huge number of devices that it would not be available on. And I don't think it would be enough to push people over from what they're currently using because they've done other studies that said most people that are using a certain type of device are going to stick with that device and not swap. So, um, yeah, me too. That's right. So I, I just, I think if they want to survive the streaming wars, especially in the overseas markets. Yeah, exactly. Oh. In fact, it, like in even in China, like the install base for iPhones is only like 25 30%. There's a lot more people using, you know, um, Android and uh, the Trump like, chair and a couple other take care of that. um that'll fix that. A couple <laughs> well, other Huawei's a big OS, one, but, oh, which is Android based, I believe. 
yeah. Huawei. But yeah. um, there's also India too, which not a lot of them. India, have. Yeah, India is. I'm still is getting used almost, to India one. India is almost all Android. There's there's hardly any iOS <laughs> install base in. Uh, because they can India, make a cheap Android phone there. Yeah, they, they, which is why. Yeah, they have a new version of Android called wow, Android this, One. That's a much more man, inexpensive. But yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, I know. I mean, we're really it's it really is going to be a streaming wars because there's so many services out there right now. And it seems like it's going to double over the next year. It probably will. It'll get insane. Sure. But, it, yeah. but I don't it, think it's sustainable. So it'll be interesting no, to sure. see how it shakes out, Which how mergers. they eventually merge, and who conglomerates. And Which is weird, because Hulu was originally like a conglomerate of like four or five studios, and now it's predominantly um, NBC that owns Hulu. And I, I want to say Warner's has a small stake in it still. But, you know, Hulu was supposed to be this big, hey, it's a streaming platform, but you'll have access to all of this yeah. entertainment. And then, it, like, slowly all this stuff started Netflix, trickling yeah. off. Uh, Netflix you know. made them all get boners for money. They're like, oh, shit, look at this. And it's like, guys, Netflix is, one, doing quality, but also, two, you know, it's for a little bit there, it was the only game in town. Right. You know, it, it, a lot of people are going to make spend money and probably do some good quality stuff, and it's not going to get seen because the audience base is going to get split because yeah. of the balkanization. I have spoken. <laughs> and also the reason why, like I said, it's the only game in town, so we yeah. had everything. All the shows were yeah. there. Yeah. That's why it works. Yeah, you're definitely onto something with the Netflix. And, and even now, the subscribership keeps going up for Netflix Whereas a lot of these other streaming services are, you know, hovering in their very small. I still percentage. blame you for CBS All Access. Yeah, thanks. Really, Jeff. It's your fault. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. It's you. Shame on you. Me. Admit of, it. Of you had all, canceled. Of you. all of Shame. the Star Trek fans, Shame. I'm the one responsible. Because you forgot, Shame. and they're like, "Wow, look at that." Shame. <laughs> <laughs> Black Panther climbed right over James Cameron's Titanic and Hello. has its sights set on Cameron's avatar. Whether it'll make that hundred-plus million-dollar jump remains to be seen. Also, Black Panther has claimed the number 10 spot in the worldwide box office race, yeah. and it's close enough to take both Star Wars The Last Jedi, who's currently at $1.33 billion, and Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2 at $1.34 billion. Movie still climbing. Awesome. Just awesome. Disney isn't, the, isn't was it I thought it with surpassed Avatar already. Yes, it, did it, it not? No, not Avatar. Not Avatar. It's, it did Titanic, but I don't think it did Avatar yet. It had a, another hundred million to go after Titanic. Okay. If you adjust for inflation, that's what I mean. If you adjust for like from then to now, yeah, gone that, with the wind, right? Well, but yeah. see, the well, thing touch. is, Avatar is still earning money because people are still watching it, and it it gets the occasional theatrical re-release. So. And also, Gone with the Wind was super super long before tracking. Right. They they actually its earnings are estimated because oh, okay. they they um yeah they, they back in those days box office reports were on tickets yeah and so they had to actually guesstimate based on those reports based on ticketing prices and then and it it also Jesus it was re released forever until it you know just kind of became politically incorrect. <laughs> But that fucker was coming out all the time. 
That was back in the age of the age of the re-release didn't end until what the mid eighties. Yeah, because yeah, when, well, when they would throw a movie back up there just because yeah, cable killed the re-release star. Yeah. Well, I mean, oh, I like it, it, if you're talking about like the the AAA features, yeah, because the, they would do like the the Grindhouse movies, a lot of B features they would re-release over and over and over and over. But like, yeah. the, you know, you the get big those. titles you couldn't afford to re-rent them after they were out of theatrical. So you couldn't sure. can just put them back in your theater. But Disney was crazy about that in the late 70s, the Disney early Summer 80s. Film Festival. Where one you, animated yes. and one live action for a week or or a month or however long they yeah, did Yeah, I remember it. we yeah. had that. Uh, the, I remember going, the re-release of the Aristocats and the yeah. re-release of Robin Hood. I saw these movies Aristocats. in the theater. I remember in the like the mid-80s, they had uh, one of the theaters in Wichita. Um, they would always have these summer movie fests. It was like every ticket was like 50 cents or a dollar. And you could buy them in in like a package. Like you could buy like 10 films, you know, over like a, you know, a period of eight weeks or whatever it was that they showed all these films. So all you had to do was just go there, buy this little booklet at the box office, and then you just... Walked in with the certificate. Sure, and then, but those were many film festivals. Disney would wide release these things, right? But I mean, that's and it, then, then then you'd have the re-release of Star Wars, and then you you remember ET? You loved ET. He is coming back again for a limited engagement this summer, a year later. And I just meant like as far as like you know big big name titles getting put back in the theater. That's the earliest instance that I remember it happening. Yeah, I but just, it uh, happened more like in the 90s and so forth. I a couple think. days ago, uh, I actually went on the Galaxy uh, site and looked at the Black Panther still in theaters there. Yep. And it was completely full, seating chart. Oh, yeah. Couldn't get two seats. I was like, wow. And it's been out, what, three, what was it, February? Yeah, it's been it's almost three, close to two months now. Let's see. And how the many sequel weeks? to Black Panther comes out in two weeks. <laughs> well, he's in Infinity War. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Okay. What, yeah. what was that reaction? <laughs> we really need a Matt Cam going. <laughs> yeah, February sixteenth was when it was released. So, speaking so. of the Panther, Disney and Middle East distribution partner Italia Film will release Black Panther in Saudi Arabia on April eighteenth, officially ending a ban on cinema screenings conservative Muslim critics instituted more than thirty-five years ago. Per Variety, the mega blockbuster will premiere on April 18th at a newly constructed 600-seat luxury AMC theater in Ridia's King Abdullah Financial District. The announcement is part of Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman's Vision 2030, a series of economic and social reforms in the ultra-religious society intended to allow more entertainment as well as Western media and culture into the country. Uh, MBS, as he's known by his abbreviation, has been on a U.S. tour drumming up American investment. The 32-year-old crown prince was in Los Angeles this week, where he dined with Rupert Murdoch, Disney CEO Robert Iger, and Hollywood royalty like James Cameron, Ridley Scott, The Rock, Morgan Freeman, and Michael Douglas. As the first film to screen in Saudi Arabia since the early 80s, Black Panther's release is intended to usher in a new, more open era, as the AMC theater will also not be segregated by gender, as stipulated by law, Whoa. at other public venues. Uh, no word on what other films will follow, as content will undoubtedly be strictly monitored, but AMC's owner, Chinese conglomerate Dylan Wanda, expects to open up 100 more theaters in the kingdom by 2030. And given 70% of the country is currently under the age of 30 and affluent, 
The theater chain projects theater revenue could top $1 billion, making it one of the larger markets for movie going. Holy shit. 70% of that country is under 30? Yeah. Holy shit. Which means Black Panther is going to be opening up again and being very popular. Right. In the next coming weeks. Yeah. Just Holy adding man. to its global that's, global dominance. Yeah. That 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 non segregated is yeah, it's huge. That's big because I remember living in Kuwait in the eighties. My dad and I, I mean, it was funny because that was my first experience with stadium seating. But ah. the, the bachelor section, the men only section, because you could mix in the family, but you had to be family. So you had to be the dad or the brother or the son coming in with sisters and moms and so on. But the bachelor section was was raked like like the fucking stadium seating, which I'd never seen before. And it was all dudes, all all the guys and yeah, that was that was big. That that's just the way you did it. So that's a huge change. Yeah. That's impressive. <clears throat> It'll be interesting to see where Saudi goes. I've watched a few videos, especially when when they did the purge a couple months ago. They filmed ago. the purge there? Yeah, 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 oh, wow. they did, dude. Prince oh, yes. Salman. Uh, oh, yes, the I'm, corruption purge. Yeah, 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 exactly, and rounding up people. I went to the movie The Purge. <laughs> <laughs> all deaths, all crime is legal. Yeah. All kings and princes are off limits. <laughs> yeah. Nope, no. not in Saudi Arabia. So. All right, well, we're going to cut news here and say this is your warning. From here on in, we're going to talk Ready Player One. So beware from here on, there be spoilers. If you haven't seen it, uh, join us after you have, or if you just don't give a shit. Beware! Yeah, Jake. (laughs) (laughs) So, gentlemen, with spoilers, what did you think of Ready Player One? Amazing. I said at dinner, Mm -hmm. it might dethrone my favorite movie of all time, which is Top Gun. That's that's big. That's That's, huge. That's that's, that's saying a lot for you. Wow. Your, Your favorite movie... Has not been threatened since Winter Soldier. The eighties, <laughs> <laughs> with a movie that has a lot of eighties uh, pop culture references in it. So there is that. But I'm going to say it's like a one A one B, okay, type thing. So it's always going to have its honorary role. Yes, yes, big time. But I enjoyed it a lot. Um, you saw it just today? Yeah. So it's still fresh in your mind. So it's- yes. Commander K saw it today. It's fresh with its vibrancy. Um, I wanted more 80s immersion in terms of the references. Because like, like Parseval's vehicle being the DeLorean, right? That, with, that- the, with the Knight Rider scanner on the yeah, front. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, that's cool. That's, you know, and it, and we, well, occasionally, bullshit, Kirsten. We would get all, the, the whole movie was filled with oh, like, you had. Packed with Easter eggs. You know, m- money shots like uh, the the race for the first key where where the Batmobile shows up, right? Well, not to mention the Porkchop Express is sliding across mm-hmm. the roadway yeah, as they're but, driving but, underneath it. But you had, I mean, but the. the, the Bigfoot, too. I'm, yep. I'm mentioning, yep. I'm mentioning. Um, the Batmobile because that that was a little bigger because the vast majority of the '80s references were literally across the screen. Sure, VIP. And granted, some of that is fun, like to rewatch and say, "Oh, there's that, there's that." I knew that was that, but 
for me there was there was I wanted more of the 80s immersion cuz cuz really his DeLorean and the Iron Giant were like the two things that were like really into the story and everything else was kind of kind of tangential well that and and adventure with that the rest was kind of tangential were like money sh- little easter eggs and little little money shots you, to you satisfy can't leave you. out the shining oh no oh, the shine and that that's that's that more of what i'm awesome. talking about that's the that's that was awesome. That was man when that ball came bouncing up and well, actually when they just when they just walked in the lobby, I and was like, Woo, the soundtrack wee. started up. Man, I loved that the theater was called the Overlook because yeah. that's the the real hotel. Uh, I've my friend. Well, you know Marty. Marty has a ton of pictures of himself at the Overlook, and mm-hmm. I was like, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and but, and, uh, and he goes up to the elevator, and you're like, "Oh fuck no!" Yep, and they come yep. running in, "Don't, don't, don't, don't!" And that, it was, <laughs> and that was that's the kind of stuff I would have, I would have, I would have loved it if the movie was just wall to wall that that level of immersion. On the other hand, I enjoyed the hell out of the story, and visually, it was you know, it's Spielberg amazing. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not hating on the movie at all. I enjoyed it a lot, but I was really. I was really looking for more of the '80s uh, depth than than just the the surface uh, bits and pieces. I think you'd like the book, Kirsten. Um, you read the book, yes? No one else here. I I am reading the book okay. right now. I'm only two chapters in though. Right now, because I I started after I saw the movie. So. How much of a diversion? Because there are things I, I've heard. You know, don't go in expecting the book. And I'm watching no. this, and I'm like looking at okay, that is so classically cinema. So classically Hollywood, I wonder if that's in the book. No. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I, whatever you're referring to, no. Uh-huh. Uh, the basic overarching story is the same as far as the Oasis. The guy that creates the Oasis puts the Easter egg, the, the puzzle game in yeah. there to whoever finds the three keys wins Oasis. That's the same. Major bad guy? The major bad guy, kind of the same. Kind of? Okay. Uh, although the... Guy that designed the Oasis, very different. Yes. In the books, he's very much more of a uh, Steve Jobs kind of figure, where he's a little more self-important. A little not, more flamboyant. Yeah, flamboyant. He's not this uh, this guy that couldn't... In fact, I would wow. say the movie adds a lot more emotional he's, he's depth not because, a, yeah. because of how they drew that character, making him a a sympathetic guy who created this set of puzzles about what he learned about life and and regrets that he had whereas in the book he's just making this stuff because this stuff's ultra cool to him and he wants this is there's there's no real emotional depth to the puzzle which is really funny because that description is actually kind of a classic archetype of the 80s right having it because it's so cool yeah and not really having depth in terms of the only puzzle key puzzle that was the same from the book to the movie is uh, Atari Adventure, oh. right? Yeah, that that's in the book. The, oh, uh, but aside from that, all the puzzles are different. Really? In fact, I think because I brought up to Matt last week, I was like, "Do they have the Tomb of Horror?" Yeah, I, I think the first, the I think it's the first puzzle that's in the book is you have to go into the Tomb of Horror from the D and D module known as the most dangerous, horrific 
module to put a character through in all of Dungeons and Dragons. If I was in some kind of life at stake virtual reality and one of the things you had to do was Tomb of Horrors, I would pee myself. Yes. Yeah. So that to go to the first key, you have to go into the Tomb of Horrors and and solve that module adventure. So you have to know the Tomb of Horrors itself and how the module itself works to be able to maneuver that puzzle. There's a lot more in the book as far as puzzles where you need knowledge of 80s pop culture minutiae to solve them versus this one where you have to the movie where you have to discern solve the mystery of Halliday of, of Halliday exactly yeah, I was gonna say that yeah that was seemed to be the point in the movie that I've noticed just only being two chapters into the book is that Halliday and his life experiences are what are key to learning about the Oasis versus you know in the book so far, what I read is that, you know, everybody's absorbing themselves with the stuff that he loves yes. to try to figure things out as which opposed is to trying the, to figure out the right. man himself. Right, which is where kind of the character starts in yes. the movie, but they give it a little more depth in the movie script versus the book. Yeah, the, the, the Halliday introducing the challenge in the movie is way different than the book. It's completely... The, the tone of the two characters we've already referenced is a completely different. You're talking about a socially awkward guy in the movie that you know has all these regrets versus, uh, guess what, folks? I'm near the end, and here's something cool that I did. <laughs> yes. I haven't had a chance to beta test it, but here it is. <laughs> the book is a power fantasy aimed at dudes our age. Yeah. Yeah, that's simple. If you're really into 80s pop culture and 80s trivia and you know a lot of geek stuff, that book's for you. It's not a. It's a fairly shallow book when it comes down to it. The characters overall are kind of shallow. You're there's a good guy and a bad guy, and you're really behind the good guy, and it, it's it's very much a self projection. It's well, that's something I was going to say about the movie. I mean, I haven't gotten far Larry, enough into the Larry book Sue. to really get a sense of the characters in the book so far. But the characters in the movie, the high fives especially, are very emotionally engaging. You're rooting for them both in and out of the oasis. Yes, you know, so you're, you know, you want Percival and and uh, uh, I'm totally blanking out on her name right now. And there, there are some. You simi- want them to meet up yes. and and become, you know. And and in the movie, I felt love that interests. that part about the the whole love thing. Artemis. Artemis. Yes. Thank you. Uh, but the Percival Artemis that felt a little forced, as far you as you think so. Yeah, as far as putting it into the story especially in the okay. outside and meet oh my 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 eye thing and now okay yeah, well, that, that, that i i will i will concede that <laughs> i thought the the whole you don't want to meet me in real life i have a defect and it's her. And I'm like that's that's your defect is you have well, a birthmark when over you your think eye. about it when you think about it hollywood that's that's hollywood because that, for that's hollywood for, for hollywood people of, yes that of, birthmark would be a hideous Awful, that life-ending would be like, defect. Yeah, that would be <laughs> like going to thousands of auditions and never, ever, ever getting no, no, yeah. no. Central casting would throw out your headshot right away. Yeah. Oh, what you know, and and it's funny because it's just color. I've seen people yes. with those things on their face, and they're puffy. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. big. They, I mean, if they were realistic with that, they could have actually created an interesting dynamic where it's like. She's actually pretty hot in all these ways, except for this one quadrant of her face where you're like, "Whoa!" And you do and, like a like and, a burn. Well, like yeah, burn because some of those no. some of those um, 
I forget what the term for it is actually. I think it's beyond strawberry mark. There, the those those discolorations they actually are masses of skin cells. So it's puffy. It's yeah. it's a raised surface. It might be pitted, and it 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 does almost look burnish, but it's also like a swelling, and 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 people have them, and it's really funny because her little. I mean that that's Hollywood. That's an LA nightmare. Yes, is you have some color. <laughs> it's an on LA your, nightmare. You know, a and splash I mean, <laughs> of color on your face. I mean, I, I like the fact that you know he did the whole you know, you know. So you've got a birthmark. You're still beautiful to me, kind of thing. But at the same token, I'm like, yeah, but it's not even really that <laughs> noticeable. No, I mean, come on. I mean, they did work it into her avatar in the Oasis as the movie got towards the end but at the same time i'm like that's that's your major hang up is yeah, is yeah. you have a slight discoloration birthmark yeah now of course okay. that's hollywood right no, right? no you're, you're absolutely right if he had run met her and she was you know basically h mm-hmm. yeah he, he, the, he, he, then you're like well, well what the hell's going to happen here is he going to be is he going to be whoa oh 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 or is it, you know, will he follow through on his emotion? Because that's one of the, you know, and, and usually that doesn't happen. I mean, usually I've heard so many stories about online dating. They yes. were not like their profile picture. And that is such a fucking killer. That really does kill a lot of uh, the lead up and expectation, you know, when people meet in IRL. In the also in time. Ready Player One, too, you could look at it that, you make an avatar, it can be anything you want. So maybe that birthmark really... I mean, it, it clearly... That character, it messed with her psyche. Yeah. But at the same time... And it's totally possible. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean yeah. It, uh, for a kid... Sure. Even if it's not a physical thing, it's just a pure splash of color. And we do have that's to That's going to be some problem. And we yeah. have to do put it in the context that she is a young teenager... Sure. And clearly, early teens. We all have our own so physical hangups. I could understand, you know, that obsession with your looks when you're that young. Is she early teens? Because I, I, I would say like late. I, I, I would say 20s. she's, he she's like a high 15? schooler in Greece. Isn't he like 15 or 16? <laughs> Art, uh, Artemis? Not not Artemis. Sorry, uh, Wade. Yeah, in, in the movie. I don't yeah. know in the movie. Yeah, in the man. movie, I can't. I, I can't gauge these things in yeah. movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't. I mean, I really kind of feel. I kind of feel the book he is. late okay. teens, early twenties. Actually, yeah, same. Okay, yeah, that that that's my feeling. I mean, I could, if they were shooting for that, well, mm. but because I know the actress is in her twenties. Well, but you know, you, I can't tell half the time where they're trying to target. Yeah, and they didn't. St- they never said anything, right? You yeah. never got a. No, they never no. mentioned their ages. Yeah, some. I don't know. And she throws him out. The ant throws him out, right? I, I, I think I peed at that moment. Sort so, of, yeah. So, so it's like if he's a minor, unless they make a point about how that's okay in the world. Right. Um, yeah, I don't think he's a minor. So, Although in this world, it's, it's all dystopia. Who knows? Right. It's true. The stacks was interesting. That whole yeah. network of girders to support fucking trailers. Wow, a yeah. vertical trailer park. They didn't really mention it in the in the movie, but like, because you only saw the inside of his trailer. But I guess in some of the 
description in the book that I've read so far is you have like multiple families living in these single wide. They short did not trailers. convey that in this no. movie. No, yeah. everyone's like, everyone's by themselves in their little VR room. Because it's like right in the the beginning of the second chapter, I think, where I'm in, where he talks about there's ten people living in his trailer alone. Oh, that and that and, would make sense. And he's sleeping in a space between the the dryer and the wall. So yeah, which is where you it, get him sleeping on top of the yeah. dryer in the movie. Yeah, yeah. So and, he's got that tiny little space to himself, right. which and he's would, not really allowed in any of the other rooms. Which is funny. Yeah, because that was a funny bit to see, but at the same time, it's like, why isn't he on the couch? Yeah. I mean, I, granted, on the boyfriend is an asshole, but still, why isn't he on yeah. a couch? The floor would be more comfortable than what you're going through right now. Yeah, exactly. Well, unless... <laughs> uh, <laughs> haptic <laughs> feedback. <laughs> hey yo. <laughs> that was kind of funny, though, with the, the suit, the whole haptic feedback and the, the uh, was it the nerve uh, stimulation mm-hmm. in the suit? And the shot to the nads. Yeah, where she crawls underneath this. Yeah. In the dance sequence, but, I enjoyed. Uh, uh, I enjoyed uh, the avatars. Uh, yeah. I rock. Today I see the movie, and today I saw T.J. Miller gets T.J. Miller getting arrested. Sure. I was just like, "Oh my god, that's heartbreaking." It wasn't until this movie that I realized that T.J. Miller and Ryan Reynolds have the exact same delivery. Yeah. <laughs> Because when I was listening to his character, I'm like, I can't tell if this is Miller or Reynolds. It's funny. (laughs) Because at the point, I didn't know who was playing it. But I'm like, it's one of those two actors, but I really can't tell. Crazy. All right. So I know that there's so many avatars that flash across that screen. Right. What was the favorite one that you picked out for yourself? As far as like, I, I saw that and that was cool. What was your favorite avatar that you saw in the movie? Well, I mean, he already took my DeLorean, so I I can't really... Yeah, that was pretty obvious, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bigfoot, probably. Okay. Yeah, I like the Bigfoot. That one. Yeah. So, I'm um, just trying to think of other ones. Uh, I guess the um, Blizzard Space Marine <laughs> from... It was fun. I, when from I, StarCraft? Star, I, when sorry, I saw StarCraft. the Halo guys, it was right. just like, yeah. It would have been I, cool if they had gone, to, gone even further and been Spartans. red versus blue. I saw John Bender at one point. I was very happy about that from Breakfast Club. I missed Bender. Oh, you, you, we all missed many of them. Trust me. Oh no, trust me. I you know I, I had to be at a specific like point of, of the screen yeah. to see any one thing. Yeah, the battle sequence at the end. I was amazed. I mean, only Spielberg could get that many licenses from so many different. Uh, and yet, Disney companies. Marvel was conspicuously absent. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Goro. The ah, yes. yes. Goro, that was another one. Yeah, yeah he had... Uh, well, I think Warner's owns the Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat. series now. So. Well, I, I've been trained because of Marvel to sit through credits. Uh, so and even though I knew this wasn't going to end with anything, it's like, I'm just going to enjoy the music and then watch to see who played what and then take a look at this visual effects team. And sure enough, when the digital designer part came up, uh-huh. It was like when you come to something that was kickstarted, and part yes. of the Kickstarter award was you get your name on there, coming yes. with Mystery Science Theater. It was like that, but all digital artists, like all in alphabetical order and four columns for a good solid minute. Yep, it was an impressive list of people. Yeah, and, that's, and that's doesn't include the leads and the specialists. That's just generic digital artist. Yeah, I knew there wasn't a stinger, but I still stayed through it. 
and uh, wow, yeah, you're not wrong. The the, the credits was incredibly long. Uh, I'm trying to think. So, who was the T.J. Miller Ryan Reynolds character? He was Irock. 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 The, oh, ba- the the bad the, guy. The mercenary. Or the the bounty hunter dude. Yes. Yeah. yeah I kind of liked his cyber avatar. Mercenary. Yeah, yeah. His avatar is great. His green gun is great, and his nerd character was fantastic. Yeah. That that, yeah. that, that whole the club scene. This is where you leave. <laughs> the, the whole basement dwelling to- toxic nerd. It was it was great. Yeah. It was I. Uh, <sighs> I looked at that and I was like, I think now I understand the question we got last week. What would your avatar be like? Because watching this, I'm like, oh, you know, I'd be like, I want to be a cyborg. We can reopen the question. You know, if, if you want to change your avatar, now's the time. Sword fighting dude. You didn't even answer the question last week about what your avatar is going to be. Yeah, I did. What was your answer? I don't remember. Uh, I didn't answer it, though. I remember I answered it, but that's last week. I I don't remember what we talked about last week. No, you didn't. He barely remembers dinner. I know you didn't, because you were like, oh, I don't know. There's too many to think of, and I can't, and then we moved on to something else. You didn't. I chose Hollywood for you. Yeah. You took. You said Hollywood, and I from mannequin. Um, I thought that. I thought that brought it to a screeching. Who was the one that said? uh, Somebody said for me, Doc Brown dressed as Marty. That was you, right? Uh, oh, uh, uh, no. I I did say Doc Brown, a lab coat and goggles, and yeah. But it was actually it was Harris, right? That was I think so. That was on Jeff uh, Harris, uh, that was okay. on the the layer, and that was like Doc Brown dresses Marty. That's 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 a no, that's a proper that's 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 a Oasis deep, avatar. That's a deep eighties Jeff cut. Yeah, and yeah, that that'd be a good uh, that'd be a good right avatar. Marty dresses. Doc Brown, for that matter, just you know, <laughs> doing both. So, but I'd want to be a cyborg, uh, half machine, half man, like sword fighting dude, and and like have a glowing sword and 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 have my my AOEs would be all <laughs> spell based. They would they would resemble spells, and then I'd melee and chop shit up and. It'd be a it'd be a Torgo nightmare because I totally mix all my genres. I, I, my brain would explode. Yeah, I'd yell at him that in the entire game. So choose something. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sort of a sort of a uh, uh, cable was a Jedi. <laughs> That's a good description. How about that? Wow. <laughs> um. He went totally Anakin on that one. Yeah. Oh, Anakin, because he's half cyborg. <laughs> just his hand. Well, Vader <laughs> is half cyborg. Anyway, I don't know. But yeah, that, this, there were some conspicuous things missing, you know. Uh, and I was noting that because you see, like, repeated DC references and Batman symbol here and this and that. Sure. And, but and the greatest American hero symbol on his yeah. earphone. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then. Well, and he shoots. Uh, he shoots Artemis with the, uh, the Battlestar Galactica TV series gun, and I mean the seventies series, not yeah. the uh, yeah the more modern, the one. real series. Yeah. So, and geez, it's the first time I've ever liked the glaive from Crawl. Yeah. When Show yeah, pulled that funny. out, that was fun. So I was actually scared. I was like, they're going to they're going to try to have an emotional moment by killing off a secondary character. I thought for sure. Uh, uh, Dido or show Dido? It was Dido, right? It, we're, we're going down. One of them was going to die. 
totally felt like that. Yeah. Simon Pegg was a total surprise for me. I didn't remember seeing anything hinting at him being in the film until he appeared in the film, and I was like, oh, That shit. was nice. And then he ends up being kind of an integral part of the whole story all the way through. So, yeah, that, now, was, that was a lot of fun, too. I actually got lost. Okay. Did Holiday buy him out? Yes. Force him out? So what is he doing at the end of the movie showing up with the lawyers? And basically, uh, it looks like he's like executor of the, of the will to, well, maybe, to, to have the kids sign. Maybe he has been executor. Because, he and, can be executor and not he, be the yeah, And, and say he, he was the curator. So it's sort of like he seems awfully deeply involved for someone who was forced out in a bitter loss of friendship. Well, you not can, a bad question. You can be. I, he didn't seem bitter so much as like they had a disagreement on what they felt the course of the company was going to be, and then Holiday bought him out, and then it turned into this big, huge thing. Um, but then, but why yeah, I mean, it's there? it's not uncommon for somebody that is involved in a company to be bought out, but then still have some kind of tangential connection to the company i mean but, shoot look at stan lee stan uh, lee sure, hasn't had sure. any i mean he's he's using his blood i know but <laughs> right. but but you're speculating i'm asking was there anything in the movie that talked about this because i was just like i'm trying to remember back to when he's they, they were looking at the video archives of the right. different interactions with them and I'm trying to see if there was. I'm trying to think if there was because it's been two weeks for me. And, and that obviously there was a specific obviously mention. Not, obviously, it's something not apparent because I can't think of anything. Right, because it also confused me because that scene. He's like, "You're buying me out. We're going in different directions." And then Rylance right there is saying, "Wouldn't it be great if we could go backwards?" And you know, I miss how things were. And it was just like, I'm not understanding. I mean, I understand the concept. He's bought out, but I'm not. The execution is confusing me. Wasn't the connection the wife? Right. I'm, um, like, but, but no, didn't after it didn't work out with... Um, Halliday. Halliday. There we go. Didn't he introduce her to him? Well, well and then yeah. And it was like... Yes. Yeah, they, 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 they got together and everything. I know why in the story, but the mechanism... Well, I don't think... Why it, is Simon Pegg still there? They yeah, don't, that's a good question. They don't You're flat right. out say that the rift was caused by him marrying the girl that Halliday was interested in, but it does seem that Very they, strong, they yeah. didn't leave on bitter terms so much as they were both kind of disappointed that they both wanted to take the thing in different directions. Because they, there didn't seem to be any anger. And I mean, at the end of the film, he says his greatest regret was that he lost his best friend. Right, right. Not, not that his best friend married a woman he was interested in, right. but that... But he said he lost his best him. friend. So why is his best friend showing up with a team of lawyers? I'm just, if he lost him, why is his best friend executor? I mean, that's the man you want. Well, besides him being the curator and maybe trying to... And that was still, still, that's weird. Why is he the curator? Why is he involved in any way? Maybe that was a part of the will that we weren't privy to. Maybe even in the will, he said, look, you know, yeah, to well, this person, because... I've seen that happen. Well, sure, you know. but once again, but you're, it's not made clear in the yes, movie. Yes, you're doing we, a speculation. We're speculating absolutely. So, so at least, at least, I didn't. I mean, one of the times I peed, I didn't miss a key moment because uh, you know, at least we're in agreement there. Because there, it is kind of nebulous. It was weird. Not that I hated it or anything. It's nice. It was nice that Simon Pegg's character was there. You need lawyers. 
here's a you know blah, blah and and you know oh i'm gonna share it split it with my clan all of that was great right that was a great mo- i was actually you know what when he was when he was gonna sign and he said no i thought he was gonna say i want the shares to go to everybody i want everybody involved i want all the gunters Gunthers. I thought that was great. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure Jeff did. Five, five seconds into the film, I was like, oh boy, this is going to get old fast. Because <laughs> I, have, I have a number of coworkers that just, they don't call me by my first name. They call me Gunter. Yeah. So throughout the whole film, everybody's like, this is a Gunter, the Gunter, 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 yeah, Gunter, yeah. Gunter. <laughs> the whole film. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> This is a little annoying, <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, it was it was amusing that that mm. egg hunter becomes egg hunters gunter. become gunter, yeah. So apparently, but, I'm an egg hunter, but yeah, IRL. <laughs> <laughs> but but um, I thought he was going to like you know all, all five hundred billion dollars worth of shares be divided up amongst all the gunters. I thought that's where he was going to go for a minute there. Because it was, you know, it seemed like it was it was going to be about not being all one person or something, and you know. But then he did his clan thing. But that, that was all cool. I just I was like, how did we get to there? How did that happen? That was my yeah. Own they never question. addressed that. It was just it was kind of weird. It was kind of weird. Now what I wasn't sold on on this movie was the moral at the end. That the moral is that. You need to spend more time in real life. Not when the fucking Oasis exists. Right, right. <laughs> especially I, I, in that ha, life. Have you seen what real life became? <laughs> yeah, especially in that life, yeah. Real life is shitty. I'm stacked on top of another trailer, stacked on top of another and trailer, stacked on to, top of another easy trailer. Easy for you to say, you own Oasis now. You yeah. have, you're good to go. Yeah. The rest yeah. of us, I'm living with 10 people in the trailer. I want my Oasis. Yeah. Right. Exactly. As, and, and especially since they, they kind of force it. Yeah. We close Oasis on Tuesdays and Thursdays. It's like, oh, dude, that's rough. I mean, if you want to be on a, hey, spend more time IRL, the, the way to do that is is host social events, right? Mm-hmm. Some of the most mind-boggling stories I've fucking heard are when Lewis and Justin are talking about their WoW clan mm-hmm. getting together in real life. Yeah. It's just... <laughs> It's like some of the weirdest fucking shit. And, and you know, sponsoring stuff like that, but but forcing it on people and, 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 and spend time in real yeah. life, get away from fantasy. Fantasy teaches you things. That's, that's the key, mm-hmm. whether it's science fiction, fantasy, stories, adventures. I don't believe in escapism. I think that's a myth. I think that when when you get down to the core adventure stories that survive over time, those are vehicles for communicating um, things to people, whether it's communicating about culture, about life, about identity, about defining yourself. More than just the monomyth, which is actually broken down into stages of life and growing up. But... Fantasy is not about getting away I, as much as I think it's about distancing. And and it, it's just the whole idea. Of, I mean, that's just right there with let's get rid of violent video games. Let's get rid of the cartoons. Let's, you know, that stuff is all bad. Or people bitching about phones. And it's just like you're missing it, the point. 
you don't shut down that kind of stuff to make people connect. You use that stuff to foster it. Use the oasis to foster the connection. I mean, Jesus Christ, we're on a fucking podcast. If we take a break to go to reality, then, you know, I mean, yeah, we're supposed to go to Millennium Fandom Bar and meet Jeff and Mandy and Jake and everybody, but we don't know them without the fucking virtual world. Yeah. So are we your oasis? Write to us. Comments at UglyCowShow.com. <laughs> but no, I'd like to know what your opinions on the movie. Did you like it? Did you hate it? Did you like the book better? Did you hate the book? Uh, I want to know. And until next week, I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Maple Leaf Matt. And we'll talk to you next week in Geek with an Andy. We have Andy. I may or may not be here <laughs> next week. <laughs> you are really dreading his return. Oh. <laughs> Dude, it's going to be like an hour and a half of just stories. Well, maybe we'll limit him to like 20 minutes on the next sure. like six podcasts. Yeah. Good luck with that. All right. Fine. Yeah. The problem with that is he won't remember what stories you told pre- and they'll just keep <laughs> regurgitating them out. It's <laughs> yeah, possible. Like, not only that, but... It's actually true. <laughs> but not only that, but you don't have the furry crotch shot across from you oh, like yeah. this guy does. So. Yeah. yeah. He's man-spreading. He's got his... Oh. <laughs> Dr. Matt. OBGYN. <laughs> Andy beat GYN. Yeah. Andy's pap smear. Oh. <laughs> like like when, he sat, when he sat between the two, he was basically crawling onto the Kirsten's lap oh every single show. Like, he's just like. Well, Andy. no, no. It, it was like he was partially on Kirsten's side, and then Kirsten would throw a fit, and then he'd be all the way on my side. That, and that's the that's way so I preferred it. In, encroaching well, on my to be fair, territory. To be fair, Andy is a lap cat. So Okay. <laughs> No, he's a lap cat that doesn't realize he's too big to be a lap cat anymore. Oh, he's one of he's he's like the 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 uh, the fucking wolfhound or mastiff that, ah, that yeah. he's Marmaduke. Yeah, that, that, that's what you're saying. That he's basically, Marmaduke. you know, have you ever seen that? Kerm- it, I, it's a it's a it's a comic where the big giant dog is like, okay, she's reading. I'll have to make my move. And and it just starts crowding his owner in the chair. He's like, okay, she's not noticing yet. And, the you know, she's staring at him as he, like, just pushes her over and totally sits on her and dominates the chair. And he's like, okay, good. She didn't see me. And, you know, she's looking right at him. And, yeah, that totally makes sense. And that's Andy. There you go. Yes. That's Andy. Well, he did work his way into your house, so. Yep. And that- your heart. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I, you, it's funny how many people are like, you know, Kirsten, that that's that's actually a sin. And then and then Tom Head has to make it into a a, a, a space story. Oh wow! So now it's Andy and I on a space station where everyone thinks we're gay. And it's just, it's like, I think we got too much stuff going on here, guys. So, but then then all the jokes about space lube started. So there you go. My my twist on it tang. was that that Andy doesn't try to play off the straight stuff, which infuriates you. But Andy, when you do things like that, people are gonna think Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. That was that's that was my twist <laughs> on that's, it. Because Andy doesn't care about kind of things that yeah. you'd be like, oh, I just thought it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a twist. That's just real life. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. <laughs> Jesus. I gotta date more is the moral of the story. Cause I'm well, I have a looking. furry hedgehog of a person who's missing currently that I'm not... 
who really could use a date. Oh, Jesus. There you you st- God. Furry hedgehog. You're making him sound like the Ron Jeremy of Geek Shop. <laughs> you know. Have you yeah. seen the pictures of him in Florida this whole <laughs> three <But> weeks? It, <laughs> um, w- uh, uh, when I was dating someone from Star Trek uh, back in the Star Trek days, she and I met a bunch of the the video crew andy uh uh ben our crazy libertarian friend uh andy's wife at the time uh ben's girlfriend at the time and they made a huge fuss over courtney to the point that they were just like yeah we were beginning to worry about kirsten so we're gl- so glad you're here and we we, we were yeah it, it sounds at, like my family at one every point, time I- I, at one point chris <laughs> andy's wife at the time actually made the joke yeah i always wondered if there was more to this video gaming than video gaming <laughs> and you know and courtney laughed Afterwards, she was like, your friends are funny. I'm like, yeah, they're fucking laugh riot. <laughs> but, uh, I, I just, I guess I got to date more just so everybody relaxes. <sighs> you want to date Kirsten? Write to us. Comments at Ugly Couch. Oh, jeez. You're going to get some nice ones. <laughs> <laughs> you got a right purdy mouth there, uh, Kirsten. Yikes. <laughs> That's an odd yeah, avatar. Yeah, you, you you can hit stop anytime, Todd. I, I like where this is going. <laughs> it's the Patreon reward. <laughs> oh, there you go. Jesus. The dollar level, right? <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please rise for the Republic of Lewis National Anthem. It's brought to you by the Oh My God, They're Going to Nuke Us National Singers. Gentlemen. What did I do? I haven't got to play yet. What the hell did I do? I'm just trying to survive. I'm just trying to be nice. I didn't do anything. Isn't it great making change? Out of millions of people I didn't do anything to her She's just me No one likes my country Now it's three on one Just spin and kill me So one of these two can win It'll be over soon I am